Welcome, welcome. This is Two Tone Take. I am your fearless football leader, Bradley, and I am currently broadcasting with whiskey because we have not one, but two different Tennessee Titan victories to talk about today as we recap the last two weeks and or games of the 2022 preseason for the boys. I have, if you can hear this, I have seven pages of handwritten notes because that's how dedicated I am. And uh, a lot of things we could say. There's a particular saying, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. I say sure, but also keep a drink even closer, closer. So a lot to dive into today. Let's get right to it. Uh, week two, we played against Tampa Bay. Week three was against Arizona. Both of these games were at home, and both of these games also had joint practices earlier in the week. Um, so we'll kind of go into a little bit of that. And then, of course, more into the games themselves. Uh, ultimately, the Titans finished the preseason 2-1, and one, uh, which I think is great, especially considering that we got off to a bit of a rocky start uh, with that loss against the Dirty Birds in Baltimore. So we'll talk about who stood out, who maybe floundered a bit, and where that leaves us as we are now weeks, days away from the 2022 regular season campaign. I'm going to keep using the word campaign because I think it's great. I should probably find out if Rich Eisen has that like copyrighted or trademarked and if I owe him money every time I say it, but it's so good. Or perhaps what I'll do is I'll just get a snippet of him saying campaign and then every time I want to say it, I'll just plug him in. That would be great too. We'll think about it. Um, a few quick reminders. I'm on Twitter. If you're a part of the Twitter world, you can find me at Two Tone Take. If you're old school, I can appreciate that. You can also send me an email, twotonetakepodcast at gmail.com. Let's not waste any time. Let's get into these games, starting with week two, uh, which was uh, versus Tampa Bay. The Bucks came into town. I think one of the biggest headlines, which to me was kind of annoying, uh, was Brady not being there. So Tom Brady took some time off, citing personal reasons. Um, you know, and I don't want to get too sidetracked because this is a Tennessee Titans podcast. We're talking about the boys. Uh, but it is kind of hilarious to me that so many people made such a stink about Brady not being around and leaving in the middle of training camp. And, eh. you know, athletes are people too. Uh, and I certainly think that if anybody's earned a, you know what, I'm a dip out during training camp. It's Tom fucking Brady. All right. So let's calm down about that. Um, and sure, there's some things that maybe would have been nice. It certainly would have been great for, you know, Willis to get some time around Brady. Um, I think Woodside was too far gone by that point. We'll get more into that. It's always great when the best at what they do are around your players. And certainly for our defense, um, it would have been a great test. But it's okay. It's not a big deal. Uh, that's what I'm getting at, all right? Um, now, as far as how those joint practices went, I know early on there was a lot of talk about our defense. And, you know, we, we did okay, I think, again, that preseason game against Baltimore. Um, certainly saw some really great, you know, smaller drills, one-on-ones that were won. There was a skirmish at one point involving our boy Jeffrey Simmons. And uh, I don't mind it. I think it's good to see some grit. Good to see, uh, you know, I mean, look, (laughs) 
It wasn't Aaron Donald kind of aggression, all right? So helmets were not thrown at people. Um, but yeah, just showing some some hunger there, right? Our offense with these joint practices seemed to be a little up and down. And we had some good plays, some good moments, um, but it probably could have been sharper. And so going into this game, to me, this was about wanting to see things, positive things that were happening in training camp and in these practices translate to the game. This is something that Vrabel has been very transparent about because that's the key. Um, you know, he called out Burks after that Baltimore game, and it was like, we're just not seeing what's happening in practice happen in the game. It has to translate. You can practice well all you want, but if come game day you're not doing it, really isn't going to matter all that much. So that was really what I was looking for going into this game. So without further ado, I'm going to start playing some highlights and walk us through these. It's a good challenge for me because I don't really like or do film studies. I won't say that I will never do a film study because for my luck, I'll say that. And then like weeks from now, I'll be like, hey everyone, this is my film study. So never say never. Uh, but let's take a look at these Titans Bucks highlight from preseason in week two. And uh, you know, a little stroll down memory lane, Blaine Gabbert got the start for Tampa Bay. You know, appreciate him for as much as he did for us, I guess. I'm always gonna be a little uh, bitter, you know, that he choked in that uh, Sunday night football finale against the Colts when they could have been in the playoffs, Rabel's first year, but whatever. Um, so early on in this game, something that I think has really been a very like point of attention for the coaches was tackling. Um, Willis first play out of the gates was a great pass down the middle to Nick Westbrook Aquina. Um, and that was great to see. Remember going into this game, a lot of the focus for Willis was on trying to stay more in the pocket get the ball out, let plays develop, pass. We wanted to see him pass more. Um, went for it on fourth down early, fourth and two, very doable down, but you know, Willis a little bit too much jukes and driving, couldn't get it done. Bucks get the ball back. And I can already tell you right now, teams are gonna try and run on us. They're not gonna be able to. And I think it's hilarious. It's gonna be great to watch throughout the season. Um, but Titans defense doing a great job, um, especially on the runs. Kalu had a nice ball there. So we get the ball back. You know, Malik trying to do Malik things. And, and look, this is the challenge with running backs that are used to being on their feet because they try and do too much. So it took a huge loss. This game early on was, was just, it was ugly. Let's call it what it is. It was ugly. Um, I don't think anybody was converting on third downs, let alone fourth downs, but it is what it is. We were making some plays there on defense, which was great to see. So Titans have the ball again late in the first, but Willis can't get out of it. Bucks get the sack. It's frustrating. It's concerning. That O-line really makes me nervous. Now, one of the bright spots we've had all throughout training camp, especially in this game, uh, Phillips on the punt return here. I mean, if he stays on his feet, he might have gotten all the way on this one, but it was fantastic. Took it down nearly to the 40, which gave the Titans... Uh, some fantastic field position, gets the crowd going a little bit. And look, the attendance uh, was was pretty stellar. It was great to see fans back at Nissan Stadium wearing the two-tone blue. Um, I think early in this game, you kind of saw a little bit between uh, both Haskins and Chestnut. You know, those are the two guys, you know, kind of uh, sparring there for the running game. Willis definitely did a great job here early on of, of making it a point to pass. It wasn't all perfect. But I think you could certainly tell that that was ingrained in him and he wanted to kind of look for ways to do that. 
Um, Tampa Bay moving the ball pretty well on one of their second quarter drives. And I think one thing to kind of watch with our defense is there's certain pass plays that we seem to just give up, um, which is concerning. A couple of years back, it was like we'd give you a third 99. I think we're going to be fine on the run. Our tackling's on point, um, but we've, we've got to be a little sharper, I think, on pass plays. Now, there was a great play on the ball here. Uh, unfortunately, Farler, when he recovered, it was out of bounds, so it stayed with the Bucks, and they kept on moving. And look, third down, this is what it all comes down to, is you've got to get some kind of stop. So it was a great tackle, um, and actually contact on the ball there by Farley. So still gave up the first down, but, you know, is what it is. So coming back here with the Titans, you know, Chestnut's looking, still looking sharp. Um, I think I really like his size, the way he sees the field. He's just a very tough runner. Um, has a lot of grit, the way that we're used to seeing Henry play. And then you finally get a taste here of Willis using his legs at the right time. So he kind of tried to let this play develop on a first down, um, but then was able to kind of shoot down the field and get a nice gain. Now, Big Randy came in, gave us a lead with a field goal, and I don't think we can say enough how great it is to not have to worry about field goal kicking. It's not gonna be perfect, but Randy Bullock, praise God for Big Randy. So Titans take the lead. And then we see some some great effort here on defense, forcing the fumble after a catch. Titans get the recovery. And next thing you know, we are back on the field. And this is still second quarter, so about five minutes left. I think these are great tests for guys like Willis, especially with the offense, because it's a chance for them to kind of see what they can do. Now, we ended up getting back into field range. Couldn't get beyond that, but Big Randy, doing what he does, nailed it, gave us a 6-0 lead. About four minutes left in the half. Preseason highlights cracking up because I feel like you see so many kickoff highlights that just really aren't highlights. But Bucks getting the ball back here just before the half. And look, forcing long downs is everything. So second and 13, getting some great pressure on the quarterback. Sack for the boys. Momentum, like momentum is huge. And I think even this early in preseason, I know these games are just that, they're preseason, but these are things that you carry with you throughout the season. And then Joe Jones, this catch, if you haven't watched this play, find yourself a computer, get yourself on YouTube and watch. Joe Jones with an amazing catch. Uh, it was third and 18, so they had to go deep and they went deep and found the wrong man, but the right man for us. So great interception here just before the half. And again, this is the kind of effort you want to see. We end up with uh, second and goal here. So early, late second half, Willis kind of hanging in the pocket. And wouldn't you know it, he finds himself a chig. Tight end's uh, first touchdown. Willis's first passing touchdown was just huge. Again, this is what they wanted him to focus on. So right before the half, off of a turnover, to punch it in was huge. Can never do anything on YouTube without ads, so pardon that moment. But we got out to a great start in this game. I've uh, certainly dominated the first half as things go on here. But it was great to see Willis get that passing play there. Now, early in the third quarter, it's still Willis. And he's still, I think, really committed to trying to let plays develop. And again, there were some plays here, like this one on the third and six, where he just kind of ate yardage. And, you know, that's going to happen for guys that really want to use their legs. But I thought it was good exposure. Uh, Gabbert stopped playing at this point. They threw in somebody else there. Names don't matter. I mean, it's not Brady, so let's be real. It doesn't matter who it is. 
But the rest of this game uh, for Tennessee was largely um, great for us. And ultimately what matters is we got the win. And I think, again, coming off the game against Baltimore, there were just some things that could have, should have been better. So when we look at the things that we did well in this game, uh, first downs, third and fourth conversion percentage, pass rushing and overall yardage, uh, the turnover battle, and time of possession. Those were all things that we won in this game. That's huge. Um, I would argue that in most cases, most weeks, you win those particular uh, battles in the field, you're probably going to put yourself in a great chance to win the game. Now, a few areas that we didn't really do as well in, trying to be neutral, trying to give the whole perspective, of course, here. There were nine penalties on the Titans. And I think, you know, this is one of those things that probably deserves a bit more of a deep dive at some point because I think we're spoiled to how well our team usually plays, especially under Vrabes. That's a lot of penalties. Um, so we lost the penalty battle there. Um, we also gave up four sacks. That's not great whatsoever. We also had a turnover Woodside through another pick. Taking a quick drink of the, the old whiskey here. Drinking first call, for those who want to know. It's not, a, it's not a sponsorship ad at this time. It's just me being honest. It's a great, great whiskey choice if you're not familiar. So let's look at the quarterback comparison. Now again, Willis played most of this game, about half, but most of the game it felt like. Uh, 7 for 17, 80 yards, had that passing touchdown, and 42 yards rushing. Um, Woodside came in. He was 7 for 11 with 56 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Um you know, in terms of the QB play for this game, it was similar to the previous week of Baltimore in that Willis shined. Willis looked, he wasn't perfect, but he looked great. And it, especially in this game, what was fantastic was you could see that he had paid attention to the things that the coaching staff had said, hey, we want you to try to stay in the pocket longer. Look look for those pass plays to develop. He really did that. Uh, Woodside, bless his heart, just, just wasn't sharp. A um, couple of throws that I think were just underneath on receivers. Part of what happened to leading to that interceptions. Uh, Haskins had 12 carries, 39 yards. Chestnut with 10 carries, 35 yards. So good balance play from those guys. Um, they each had a long of at least 10 yards in that game. Um, wide receiver group had themselves a good day overall. We had eight different wide receivers that all had at least one catch. And I think especially in a game like this, preseason battle, it's good to kind of Spread the love, if you will. Um, share that a bit. <laughs> One part of this game that was a little bit funny was, you know, Burks finally had a catch. Um, he was targeted three times, all right? And this is where I, I will admit I don't really understand our fan base as well as I wish I did. But we need to stop freaking out about Burks. He's going to be all right. Um, he played again, right? He showed up. He had pads on. He was a big kid. He went out there and played like a man. And um, so it was good to see him get his first catch. So that's, that's what I'm getting at there. Hopefully that calms down some of the nerves for those out there. Uh, on the defensive side, again, I keep harping on this. I'm not going to stop because I really think that as we get into the regular season and as time goes on, I think this is going to become more and more crucial and evident as well, tackling. We really seem to have a great effort on tackling. Kalu, Jones, Campbell, and Ninny all had three tackles. We had four sacks overall. Those belonged to Anini Aiden Yai, which I'm probably saying that wrong, but that's what we're going with. 
hand and then Weaver. And we also forced uh, a fumble, which Weaver recovered. And of course that interception by Joe Jones, which again, I, if you are, if you have any sense about you and you love the Titans, go look at this play, go look at this interception and just put it on repeat. It's, it's beautiful. It's such a great effort play. Um, you know, and spoilers, I mean, Vrabel's talked about this guy going to end up on the roster. He's just really showed some great effort. Now, we did only have uh, four quarterback hits. A little bit of an improvement, though, to at least see that we're getting pressure. And this is going to be a big thing as well. We've got to find ways to get pressure on the quarterback and force turnovers. It's just that simple. Um, moving into more of the special teams area, kicking again, big Randy showing up. He was two for two, had a long 49 yards. Now, they kind of shared punting a bit. Kern did punt twice. Um, he averaged 43 yards on those punts. He had a long of 47. The rookie, Mr. Stonehouse, uh, four punts, 47 yards average. He had a long of 68. Um, this is something that's changing in the NFL, and I feel like it's a very recent change. Um, you know, maybe within the last year or so, we're seeing some guys come out of college that they just they kick the ball. I mean, you know, and I, I can only speak to it so much. If you really want to listen to a person talk about this with knowledge and passion, it's Pat McAfee. So look some of that up uh, from him. But, you know, the rookie's been great. Now, both of them had a punt inside 20 or inside the 20. And this is one of those sort of statistical things that you look at with the punts. Um, one thing about Stonehouse, one play that we didn't really get to or mention in the highlights was that on a particular fourth down, he did fumble the snap or he dropped it, but he was able to scramble for the first down. Now, this is where I personally love our brand and I love Vrabel's approach because this was called out by the media after the fact, kind of in one of those like, hey, wasn't that great effort from the rookie there? And Vrabel's like, yeah, he dropped the uh, snap and we really don't want that, which is valid because, look, it's great that it happened the way that it did, but for all we know, if that happens again, uh, or God forbid, if he's holding on a field goal for Big Randy, you can't do that. So it's something to watch. Uh, but overall, he played well. And this is where – this is going to hurt to hear out loud, so just brace yourself. But this is where I think we start to see Stonehouse really make a name for himself and a valid argument for being taken uh, or selected, rather, on the roster as punter over Brett Kern. And I say that with all the love and respect possible for Brett Kern. Uh, we only have two Titans players on the roster – that have been around for ages at this point. It's Kern and Daddy Lewan. That's it. And Kern is unique because Kern's played for everybody. Kern's played for every coach. Um, and there's just been so many moments throughout our team's history that he's been a part of. So I don't say this lightly, but this is also just part of what happens. And I think one of the things that we have to give uh, J-Rob and company credit uh, is that I think that they know when it's time to move on from a player. You know, we've seen it in recent years, letting Jarrell Casey go, letting Logan Ryan go. They're tough decisions, but, you know, guys get to a point where, sure, they're still playing, sure, they're still producing, but is it at a level that you can rely on, or are you at a point where you actually have some talent right there in front of you? And look, credit to them for picking up Stonehouse, seeing that talent. I don't really feel like he got a lot of talk going into the draft, Um I will not be giving any credence to the other punter that did get all the attention because he's a piece of shit. Um, if you're not sure who I'm referring to, I will let you look that up for yourselves. And thank you, Buffalo, for giving that asshole a chance. I digress. But the reality is, the point I'm trying to make here is that 
I think it's great that we saw potential in a new punter and understood that that's a position you need to have someone who's playing well and can play for a long time. So that's where that was with the punting. Um, the return game, again, seeing some rotations there, Godwin, McMath, and Phillips all returned at some point between punts and kickoffs. As far as the punting scenario goes, though, it's, it's Phillips. I mean, Kyle Phillips has been unreal. Um, three punt returns. He had a long of 35. He just clearly has a knack and a feel for how to do this. And we really – it's interesting to me in that, especially during Vrabel's tenure, we have certainly tried to plug in you know, these sort of like oddly specific talented guys with the speed. I mean, we've tried to use like a Dory Jackson and I think even Khalif Raymond at times – and it just hasn't really panned out the way that we really wanted it to. Um, so this kid's showing some promise, and and hopefully it will pay off for us as we move into that regular season campaign. I got to work on my Rich Eisen uh, impression so that it sounds differentiated or something. Um, so as far as who stood out in this game, again Willis for the second week in a row in preseason playing well, his poise, committing to those passing plays, and still finding ways to make plays with his legs. I think Anini did a great job as well on the defensive side of things, getting to the quarterback, getting some pressure for us. Joe Jones. Can't stop talking about this guy. I feel like he's going to be a name we're going to talk about all season long. Um, again, seven total tackles, had the interception. We just talked about Stonehouse. Um, the awareness on the fumble, I'm going to credit that, even though you know we want him to have more secure hands. And then, of course, Phillips with those yards on returns. Um, as far as those who floundered, I really only have one call out. And it's not to be hard. The reality is Woodside, if anything, lost even more credibility, I think, in this game. Um, and, and I know you could argue, well, once again, he came in after Willis. The reality is, though, this is all a reflection of those practices in the training camp scenario. So, you know, there was a reason Malik got the start against Baltimore. There's a reason he got the start here against the Bucks. Woodside's still getting a chance to come in and do something, and we're just not really seeing what we need to really justify him as QB2. So I think that he really kind of took another step back, and this is where overall from this game, I think Willis really stands out as the obvious for QB2. Again, when it comes to Traylon Burks, everybody calm down. He's going to be all right, Um, and I think – I don't know that I'm really going to end up podcasting about this too much because of the time frame and where we're at and the season's almost upon us. But, like, I recognize we got Traylon Burks out of trading A.J. Brown to the Eagles. But he's not A.J. Brown. And I don't really believe that we simply picked him because we thought, oh, he could be A.J. Brown. He's not A.J. Brown. And it's okay. He's his own person. He's a rookie. He had a hell of a career in Arkansas. I think we're lucky to have grabbed him when we did. Um, And look, if he's got to work on some things, that's okay. I mean, Willis is working on things. Like, no player really just comes into the NFL. It's rare for a player to come into the NFL and just have nothing to work on. That's not really how it works. So he's going to be fine. Joe Jones, Stonehouse, Phillips, that's the overall. That is where we sort of stood after that game. Now, I need to drink some more whiskey. And we're only one game into two games because this is a preseason mashup, if you will. Uh, So we're going to take a break. And when we're back from that, we're going to then talk about our joint practice and game against the Arizona Cardinals. This is Two Tone Take. We will be back. 
Welcome back to Toots on Take, where there is no off-season. Don't think about it too much, because you might be thinking, but badly, there's literally an off-season every year. They're wrong. There really isn't. Ever. So, we have just wrapped up the preseason week two win for the Titans versus the Bucks, which was a great rebound uh, after losing that first preseason contest against the Ravens. And now this brings us to preseason week three. Um, Titans remained at home, which is something that we, we should really savor uh, because you'll, you'll see once we start getting into the regular season, our time at home is going to feel, I think, very limited. Um, so it was good to see the boys get a couple of weeks back-to-back at home. Cardinals come into town, another joint practice, then preseason game scenario. Um, and oddly enough, another scenario where a you know star player for the team, the opposing team that is, wasn't around. So J.J. Watt wasn't in town. And, you know, things happened. This was COVID-related. Um, you could argue it's tough in some ways because there's always a benefit, again, to playing guys who are the best at what they do. <clears throat> I'm not saying that J.J. Watt is the best, but he's one of the best, arguably. Um, so he wasn't around. Um, but this also ended up being just a single day of practice or joint practice for the teams. And if you kind of look into what we got out of that, you know, the, the Arizona defense apparently surprised us a bit. Um, Tannehill said there were some looks that they gave that we weren't really expecting. I didn't read into that too much only because it's preseason, sure, but also it's Cliff Kingsbury. If anyone's going to have tricks up their sleeves in August when nothing matters, it's Cliff Kingsbury, okay? I mean – no disrespect, but okay. Um, so the offense was up and down. That's really what we got out of the scrimmage or joint practices. Our offense was up and down. Their defense seemed to be a bit uh, you know, sneaky with what they did. Um, but our defense also had their moments. So, of course, this brings us to our last preseason battle, if you will, which took place at Nissan Stadium. Man, I kind of can't believe we're talking about building a new stadium, so I'm really trying to savor all the action at Nissan Stadium. So let's get into it. Titans hosting the Cardinals' last game of preseason. Not really a surprise. Shouldn't be a surprise. Malik Willis got the start again. I saw, I won't say a lot, but I saw some some comments and complaints from people uh, between Reddit and Twitter that we ran too much in this game. Like, okay. I mean, I think that part of preseason is, you know, and I'm saying this again, I, I don't have exposure or any insight, but I imagine you're trying to kind of get through that playbook and see what you've got, see what you can do. Now, we did give up a pretty big sack early in the game, and it's tough. It's tough to give up sacks at all, but, you know, it, it's always tough when your quarterback takes a big hit. <clears throat> and the one thing I will credit the Cardinals with, uh, McSorley was quarterback from them from the get-go. They were just, they were very quick. This was a game where you could tell that right away our defense was on their heels. Cardinals moved the ball down the field super quick. Got a real easy touchdown right out of the gates. These are good tests. These are things that, you know, players have to experience, um, whether it's, you know, training camp, joint practices, scrimmages, drills, preseason. So, you know, we get the ball back, right? Another chance for the Titans. And, you know, O-line looking a little bit weak and this is going to be something we're going to have to be mindful of as the season progresses so Cardinals get the ball back but you know 
our defense doing what they do. Got some great pressure on McSorley on a particular play here to kind of swat the ball away, force them to punt. So the Titans get it back. Willis in control under center. And I will say, this is one of those things he's had to adjust to is being under center in this play. So initially, it really looks like he wanted to get the ball way downfield. But he said, you know what? Why do that when I can run downfield? Takes it down to, I think, the three. Just a crazy run. When I watched this play, it really looked like maybe he could have gone left with it and scored. But just a great play by Willis. And then the big man. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Got his first touchdown, I believe. It's probably not his first touchdown. I'm probably wrong on that. He's probably had at least one more a couple of games ago. But just a great, powerful run. I really think that Chestnut's going to be a name to kind of keep eyes on because one of the things we'll want when Henry's not on the field for those limited plays, so to speak, is a guy that can still run powerful. Um, and and look, you know, this is where you kind of get a chance back. You get some momentum. You score. Uh, now, we did go for two and didn't get that, right? So it was 7-6 at this point. But our defense comes out and kind of continues with the pressure aspect. This really was actually a great game. I mean, I know that it's preseason, but this was a very good back-and-forth battle. Willis, I'd like to say that he's getting a better feel for the, when, when to run. Deciding when to run versus... You know, seeing the playthrough. Gotta keep drinking whiskey here. Shout out, no free shout outs to anyone drinking whiskey while listening to this episode as I drink whiskey while recording this episode. And the sidearm to Burks. I, I, I can only imagine how much the city of Nashville freaked the fuck out when this happened because this whole play is just, it's everything. Willis stays in the pocket. He takes a hit, he sidearms it, Burks catches on the stride and gets his first touchdown. Now the Cardinals did come back around just before the half and get a field goal, so 13-10 at the half. But that play between Willis and Burks, I think I've probably seen like 500,000 people comment or try to kind of break it down. It was just a great play. It was just a great play from two great rookie players, so it was great to see. Now, third quarter was fun because third quarter, uh, J-Rob was in the booth with our local boys and um, not to like cut to too many spoilers here but during this whole stretch that J-Rob is in the booth and they're you know they're talking about various things uh, you know and, and I think J-Rob is just such a down-to-earth genuine person that it makes me just so thrilled he's our GM but we don't score this whole time like the whole time J-Rob is in the booth we do not score and listen J-Rob recognized that, you know what, we're not getting it done while I'm here in the booth, so I'm going to get out. So J-Rob threw the deuce, left, and wouldn't you know it, Big Randy comes out, knocks in the field goal on a fourth down, and we're up 16-10. to 10. This is kind of getting late into the third quarter, so it gives our defense a chance to get out there. And this is one of those things I think, again, we have to watch. Like, we almost got to the quarterback and then give up a deep pass that turns into a really deep play. Isabella almost scores here. Oh, but guess who chases him down and doesn't let him? Joe motherfucking Jones. I'm not going to stop talking about this man because he's amazing. I don't know how fast he ran. Probably like 500 miles per hour down the field. This is, this is hustle, all right? This is effort. These are the kind of plays that you make that puts your ass on the 53-man roster when it's cut time. So, granted, they're still in the and-goal scenario. Comes down to third and goal. Kind of a little rollout play, and they get the touchdown. Take the lead 17-16. to 16. 
I just still can't get over the effort from Joe Jones. Fun fact, I currently don't have any Titans jerseys. I would I would almost be more than okay having a Joe Jones jersey. That's a reality. So Joe Jones, if you're listening. Probably a size large. Anyways. So Titans get the ball back. We're down 17-16. Late third quarter. Willis is still playing. Okay. This is a huge thing for me in this game. Was that it really seemed like we had just committed to Willis playing this game from start to finish. Now, tip ball on second and twelve. Cardinals get the pick. It sucks. It's not to downplay anything, but, you know, tip balls are just that. Like, it's a great defensive play. There's nothing anybody can do at that point. Cardinals end up going down the field. Uh, we hold them up to a field goal. So 20-16 to 16 becomes your new score. Going to keep sipping the whiskey here. Blah. Beautiful end around. Beautiful end around. I think this is one of those plays, hopefully we kind of integrate a bit more. It's a bit of a gamble. It's one of those plays that I feel like we either gain 20 yards or like two. And then Willis, you know, again, there were some moments with our offensive line, which, goddamn, I'm still worried about. But ends up with a third and 17, Willis in shotgun. I think he's looking a little better in shotgun, but this is one of those plays where he had no chance. Just no chance. Like... It was just doomed from the start. So Cardinals are up 20 to 16 at this point, getting the ball back. And then the rookie Stonehouse with the kick. It's a decent kick, but they muffed it. And Jackson recovers it. This is Theo Jackson, by the way, that recovers this ball. Six rounder. So we come down the field, end up kicking another field goal. Big Randy doing what he does best, making field goals. They make it look so easy. I'd like to think I can make it through a goal, but I really don't know. So 20 to 19, just, just down to about five minutes here in the fourth. Now Cardinals are still pushing. Great play downfield, gave up a deep pass. That was Avery in coverage. Those are the plays you just can't give up. I mean, it's a great throw. It's essentially a back shoulder throw. Receiver adjusts on it, but it really was just a great fucking throw. So again, we're kind of getting back into this bend, not break mode. Because the Cardinals had to kick another field goal. And look, points are points. But 23 to 19. So we get the ball back. And I'm going to stop the highlights here. Um, this was a point of contention for me personally. Because at this point in the game, I think there was a particular rhythm and a particular momentum that we had going with Willis playing quarterback. And with 351 to go, we get the ball back. We're down four. Woodside comes in the game. This is not a knock on Woodside. I just really thought they were gonna let Willis finish the game. So I'm just I'm just taking a moment to pause, gonna take another drink of whiskey. Shout out, no free shout outs first call. Uh, it just was frustrating. To me it was frustrating. I felt like Willis should have stayed in the game. But anyways, it's now the uh, it's now the Logan Woodside show. But speaking of showmanship. Chestnut. I love the way this guy runs. Gonna be in the roster, I can tell you that much. End up with a fourth and one. We run it, we get it. Power running. Nothing but power running. And a nice little draw here on the defense right at the two minute mark. So two minute mark, we're at our own 40, actually rather we're at the Cardinals 42, maybe 38. Little dump off to the outside, Haskins. Haskins looks sharp. I really think for our passing game, especially in plays where 
maybe we don't have enough time or just you know can't get it done it's gonna be great now it's third and four if you're following along with highlights it's third and four let me come back here a little bit this is this is and look I understand if you think I'm harping. It's third and four. We have the ball on like our nine yard line. There's a minute to go in this game. We're down four, okay? Woodside's at quarterback. Fitzpatrick is in at receiver. These are the moments and the plays that literally make or break what's ha what happens from then on, right? These are opportunities for these guys to make plays. Lewis does a great job staying in the pocket, committing to the play. And quite frankly, it was a great pass, great ball. And Des drops it. Like it just he just doesn't make the catch. And it's like you just knew like <laughs> that's not good for you, man. So it's fourth and four at this point. Still just over a minute left. We're down four. Woodside in shotgun mode. Titans gotta get a touchdown because we're down by more than a field goal. And Woodside just right up the middle. And I think what's crazy about this is it's like, in a way, it's like, where has this effort been all of training camp, all of preseason? It just, and, and I know this is a harsh take, but as great as this play was, and of course, you know, they looked at it for like 20 goddamn years, because nowadays, anytime somebody scores, it's like, but did they really? Let's slow it down. Yeah, he scored. It was a touchdown. It was a great effort, great play. You know what else it was? It was too little too late. So as much as I love the effort and I love the grit uh, for Woodside to realize that he's not going to get that ball out to anybody, he just runs right up the middle of the field and scores for us. It's great. It's not enough. And I still feel like it would have been even better to see Willis in that moment, but it's okay. I digress. It's okay. And you know, the number of times I look at these plays just, I'm just old enough to remember when we didn't review plays this much. So, so all that to say, Titans take the lead on a late fourth down play within their own 10-yard line. Woodside gets the touchdown. We're up 26-23. So, you know, this th there was a day in Asian football where when you're up three points and there's, like, no time left, the game was over. And nowadays, it's never really over. I mean, when you think about how much offense has evolved in football with quarterbacks like Mahomes, with Allen... You know, there's probably some other names you could throw out there. I'm just not going to bother with it right now. The reality is what I'm getting at is you got to play the whole game. You really just don't know. It's like nothing is safe anymore. So it's third and 15 for the Cardinals. Um, they still got a lot of yards to get. And I don't really think there's anything better than a game ending on a defensive play. Um, and we get to the quarterback and we sack them. And that is how the game ends. So... After what I believe was a disappointing preseason uh, start in Baltimore, the boys get the win against the Bucks in week two. And then here in week three, both games at home, they get yet another win. Need more whiskey before we get into the, what they did well and what they didn't do well. 43 minutes in here on this podcast on this preseason mashup. Appreciate everyone that is listening at Two Tone Take on Twitter, Two Tone Take Podcast at Gmail if you're old school. No one's emailed me yet, by the way. I'm, I'm waiting. It's going to be fun when they do. So here's where we nailed it about this particular game. First downs, fourth downs, 
fewer penalties. Now, remember, that game against the Bucks, we had nine penalties. So I think it was really crucial to see us tighten that up a bit here, pun intended. Time of possession, rushing game, four sacks. Those are some very hefty stats to have won. Now, it wasn't all perfect. And this is a little bit nitpicky. I think when it's preseason, you have to be. But these are also things that are going to translate to the regular season campaign. That was a terrible attempt at a Rich Eisen impression. I'm going to have to work on that. Anyways, we gave up almost 300 yards passing. Now, that doesn't sound terrible. Like, I think on the surface, if you're like, hey, your team gave up 277 yards passing, you're like, oh, we probably won the game. But those pass plays average seven yards per play. I think that's crucial. I think that's something you're going to have to look at because you're essentially giving a team a third and three every time. It's, that's that's not good. Um, and we also lost the total yards battle. Now, another game where we played two quarterbacks, even though I think we should have only played Willis, it is what it is. Willis went 15 for 23, 131 yards Folks, a touchdown and an interception, had the tip pass, 79 yards rushing. I think he was a lot better in this game, or I should probably say a lot more precise in this game. When it comes to when he ran, it certainly felt like that. I think it was it was more instinctual than it was just, oh, I'm going to run. So that was great to see. Woodside, of course, he had that final drive, 5 of 9, 43 yards. He had the rushing TV, uh, TD rather. It was on TV, so that's accurate, uh, to give us the lead, the go-ahead score. Uh, Chestnut, Haskins, again, running the ball. Both of these guys had nine carries in this game, 27 yards and a touchdown for Chestnut. Haskins with 11 yards. I think Haskins kind of gives you, like, McNichols vibes, only maybe he actually pans out, right? That's the idea. Um, Burks, three receptions. Let me just say that again because apparently everyone is freaking out about Burks no matter what happens. Three receptions, 33 yards in his first touchdown as a Titan. Now, something that I didn't touch on during the highlights that I noticed people tweeting a lot about during the game that I want to touch on here is Burks left the game at some point, and I think when he left, he only had maybe a catch. I'm not quite sure. But he left the game. There was some sort of wrist issue. And you could just you could just feel everyone being like, oh God, Burks isn't gonna make it. He came back, he scored a fucking touchdown. I'm gonna say it again, we need to calm down about Traylon Burks. It's gonna take time for this kid to get to where we know he can be. There's so much potential here. And it has nothing to do with AJ Brown. If you're listening to this podcast, and I appreciate you listening, but if you're listening to this podcast and you're watching Traylon Burks and you're thinking, this is the new A.J. Brown, no, you're wrong. Slap yourself until you don't think that way. He's Traylon Burks. He's his own player. We need to stop treating this guy like he is A.J. Brown. He's not A.J. Brown, thank God. He's a brand new, clean slate wide receiver who had a great career in Arkansas, and we are lucky to have this kid. This was a great game for him. He came back into the game. Let's be real. Let's be real. Traylon Burks could have probably just been like, eh, you know, I mean, I played a bit. I'm good. My wrist hurts. But he didn't do that. He sucked it up. He went back out into the field, and he scored a touchdown. Okay? This stuff matters. Um, now, Aquanquo, Kinsey, and Haskins all had three catches getting back into the wide receiver group. McMath also had a catch for 27 yards. 
It's exciting when you try to think about us having a deep threat. As we look more into the defense, I mentioned uh, Theo Jackson and Sam. I'm just going to say Oku because this guy's last name, I don't know. I don't want to botch it. I don't want to be disrespectful to his homeland. Uh, Sam Oku, I appreciate you, sir. Uh, now, now Jackson's a six-rounder, right? So we picked him out, and he's – this is a great story. Theo Jackson is a hometown boy, all right? Uh, six-round pick, um, played there in Tennessee. Uh, he ended up with a fumble recovery on that punt that we mu- that they muffed, rather. Uh, their loss, our gain. And then Sam Oku with the sack to end the game and get the win. And what's great about Oku is it's an undrafted free agent. I don't think that we appreciate things like this enough when it comes to sports. And I, I recognize there's a lot of reasons why, because there's so much shit that happens in sports that I think it makes it hard to appreciate these things. But imagine your life is football and all you do is play football. And I'm paraphrasing. I don't know this guy. But obviously he dedicated his life to football to the point that he wanted to get drafted. So imagine you do that and you don't get drafted. I mean, what the fuck, right? So he doesn't get drafted. We pick him up, undrafted free agent out of Maryland. And he did a great job. So it was great, I think, to see those guys. uh, Both had five solo tackles on the night. I refuse to stop talking about big Randy Bullock because he continues to do his job. And it's something we need to appreciate. Uh, Made both field goals. It was along a 51, uh, you know. Maybe there was a day and age where, like, we would see a 51-yard field goal and think, eh, field goal. You know, it's no chip shot, all right? It was a heck of a kick. Shout out, no free shout outs to Mr. Stonehouse punting. Seven punts, 49-yard average with a long of 64. And, again, we've been spoiled, essentially our entire franchise, to Brett Kern. Um, And there's really not enough you can say for what he's done. I think – I love Pat McAfee. I think you're an idiot if you don't. The more I listen to him, and especially when I catch him talking about kicking, I think it's fascinating. But it's it's one of those positions that I think is just super underappreciated. So we have been spoiled, Titans fans, for years with Brett Kern. Um, and we can look at highlight after highlight after highlight of what he's done. But that being said, we're also spoiled to have a rookie coming on board that's kicking like crazy. So it was great to see Stonehouse continue. Now, before we get into our standouts and our flounders, I gotta take a drink of whiskey. If you've never recorded a podcast, you don't understand the importance of hydration. Okay? It's very important. All right, now, Willis again, fantastic game. It's so hard to express like how crazy it is to see a guy from week to week literally just improve on the very things that people are like, hey, that needs to improve. And I think what's most exciting about Willis, and I will tell you, like, you know, when we drafted Willis, I was okay with it. it, it it's hard to accept in some ways because I'm all about Ryan Tannehill. If you've listened to this podcast, I did a whole episode called The Ryan Tannehill Show. I still believe we can win a Super Bowl with Tanny. But, of course, at some point, that, that that's going to end. Like, Tannehill doesn't have forever left. So I thought it was great that we cared enough about our franchise and our future to draft Willis. But I don't think you could anticipate who this kid is. I mean, it's crazy. So we, to see him improve the way that he is was fantastic. Burks, again, people calm down. 
Traylon Burks got his first TD in preseason. It was a great moment. It was a great catch. And he came back in the game after injury. Give him some fucking credit. And Stonehouse kicking those legs. Amazing. Uh, as far as floundering, I just, again, I think with the passing defense, I think this is going to be a point of contention, uh, at least for me throughout the season, because I think we're going to be a team that gives up some passing plays that results in very short third downs or kind of just lends towards that bend, don't break mentality. And it's fine, but it's not super comfortable. So I didn't love that. But overall, Malik Willis is QB2. I, there's just no way that he's not QB2. And I don't mean to discredit Woodside for that final drive, you know, driving us all the way down the field, almost goal to goal, fourth down, within our own 10. He walks it in himself, but it's too little too late. Malik Willis is your QB2, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, peoples listening. It's And it's exciting. like And, and it's okay to be excited about this. Like, there's some legit excitement around Malik Willis waiting in the wings. It takes nothing away from Tannehill. I think that we still have, I'm going to say that I believe we still have one of the top 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL with Ryan Tannehill. And I think that this is truly sort of the last dance uh, year to kind of see what we can do. But it's great to look at the sideline and be like, okay, there's Malik. See you, bro. And he's so like if you if you haven't listened to him uh, in like a presser or like an interview, take a few minutes and look it up. I mean, the kid is so humble and he's so genuine. It almost makes you feel like shit yourself because you're like, man, I should probably be more like that. But anyways, I digress. All right, so Willis is QB two. Woodside, ah, not enough. Burks is going to be okay. We've seen a lot from our defense in preseason. That's a big takeaway. I think that. We had a. I think it's hard to appreciate how great our defense was last season because of how shitty that end result was, losing in the divisional after getting the number one seed at home. But we had a great defense last year, and look, leave it in the past. This is a brand new year. Our defense is still hungry. That's my point. That's my take. It is great to see whether it's undrafted guys making some effort or the guys you expect to make some plays. Defense is so hungry, and they're going to wreak havoc. I think we, we truly, I believe, should have a top five defense. That's where I'm landing on that. Um, and then Stonehouse, man. Again, Brett Kern is the punting goat, but Stonehouse is the future, okay? It's not easy to say these things. The whiskey makes it slightly easier, but it's still not easy, all right? We are at 55 minutes into this preseason mashup. We've talked about the Titans winning Week two versus the Bucks, and then they turned right around and they won week three against the Cardinals. Two and one in the preseason overall. And again, I think in terms of where we're at, where does this leave us? What are the main takeaways? Malik Willis is legit. There's, it's fair to be excited about that. Um, it's fair to be excited about our kicking and punting game. Our return game should be legit. I really think that Phillips is going to make some plays for us. Um, and, and, you know, all of this is a precursor, right? I mean, our defense is still hungry. I mentioned that. But all of this is a precursor to trimming things down to that 53-man roster. So that's our segue into what's coming up next. We're going to be reviewing that when we get there. The Titans got to make some cuts. Uh, they got to trim down. We'll have the 53-man roster plus a practice squad. 
uh, which is valuable as well. I'm also going to do, I've been thinking about this, vacillating if you will. I'm going to take another drink of whiskey. I'm going to do what I'm calling a Titans Media episode, where I'm just going to give you a handful of names that I think are worth following when it comes to the Titans. I don't know a lot of fans personally. I wish that were different. I really hope that changes. Please feel free to reach out to me at Twitter, Two-Tone Take, uh, Two-Tone Take Podcast at gmail.com if you're old school. But I think that it would be good to give people a sense of who you can work up if you want some Titans info, okay? And I'm going to do my best to stay neutral. And that means that I'm going to give you some names that I don't really care for, that I think are terrible, like Paul Kaharski. But I'm going to do it because that's what, that's what this is about, okay? Um, but we're also going to dive into that Titans defense that I keep telling you is just as hungry as ever. The question on that is, can this defense win a Super Bowl? That's a really hard question to answer, but I'm going to try and do it anyways. You're welcome in advance. And then, before we play the New York Football Giants, we've got to talk about our schedule. I really haven't seen very much on this, and I get that you know we just wrapped preseason and teams are just now training the roster now. We have a tough schedule. Nothing you look up is going to tell you that, um, but I think we have a tough schedule. I'm going to do a whole episode on why I think it's going to be tough, and uh, it's going to be great. So, all that said, I really appreciate those that are listening. Um, this is something that I do because I love football, specifically love the boys in two-tone blue. So I'm going to continue to do this for as long as I possibly can. Um, Appreciate you listening. For now, this is all for Two Tone Take. We'll be back to discuss more Tennessee Titans football. Bradley, your fearless football leader, your NC out.